Lynn Hiles Ministries presents Dr. Lynn Hiles That You Might Have Life. And here's your host, Dr. Lynn Hiles. Greetings and welcome back to the program. I trust you've been tuning in uh, every week as we have continued over the last uh, months, literally, to unpack this book of Revelation. We're going to try our best to wrap this uh, up by at least the early part of uh, January of this year. But uh, thank you for joining us every week on the program. Our audience is building. Uh, let me just say this to you. We've aired over 100 and some programs on the book of Revelation, book by book, chapter by chapter, to give you the trail of why we believe what we believe and how we got there. Uh, whether you believe it or not is, is your prerogative. We, we're not saying, you know, one of the things I have discovered in, in being uh, among people who believe uh, similar things, no matter what your view of Revelation is, there are also always variations of what each camp believes. So uh, we're not trying to be dogmatic, except we are simply trying to give you what we believe uh, to be what the Lord gave to us, and then you have the human prerogative to eat the grapes, spit out the seeds. But in saying that, what I wanted you to know is that you can go to our YouTube page and go back and watch all of the programs that we've aired to date uh, that are archived there that will answer many of your questions uh, that you have even written in about. A lot of the questions have already been answered. Uh, I, I would encourage you to go back and review those YouTube videos because they are consecutively and in order, uh, chapter by chapter. Also, I would encourage you to go to iTunes and sign up for our podcast because the audio version of what we have taught is there and available for you to put on your smart device. It can be done uh, either on your iPhone or uh, there for the Android devices there is an RSS feed from our website that will do uh, that for you and give you the audio so that you can follow along with us and kind of track with us because if you take one program and then it's another week before we get another program, sometimes you forget uh, what we've shared but you can go back and air them or go back and view them at any time. They are there for free for you. Uh, today we're going to start with the 17th chapter of the book of Revelation. That's how far we've gotten. Uh, we, in the last segments that we have aired, talked about uh, the plagues. These are the last plagues. Uh, it is God judging the harlot or the great whore of Babylon. Uh, all of this wrath is poured out on an unfaithful city. I think it is incredible that as the book of Revelation uh, presents a series of, of contrasts, there's always a lamb versus a dragon, a father's name versus the mark of the beast, the seal of God uh, as versus the, sea, uh, the mark of the beast. There is the harlot versus the bride. There is the Babylon versus the New Jerusalem. And uh, as we come towards the end of this book, it's a tale of two cities. Uh, the book of Revelation contrasts and, and, and actually connects these cities together. We saw in, uh, from the sounding of the trumpets on, and remember, uh, not only from the sounding of the trumpets, but from the last seal of the book of Revelation. Everything else that happens in the book of Revelation, in other words, the seventh seal gives way to seven trumpets. Seven trumpets give way to seven of the last vials. So all of this happens under the operation of the last seal of the book in the book of Revelation. These catastrophes and judgments are, are precisely directed towards, first of all, a first century church and a Jewish audience. Uh, when you see uh, the book of Revelation, especially 
uh, it tells you, in, in, for instance, in the book of Revelation chapter 11, it tells you uh, that our Lord was crucified in the city which was spiritually called Sodom and Egypt where also our Lord was crucified. Now we know that our Lord was not crucified in Sodom or in Egypt. So those are metaphors or symbols because he said they're spiritually called Sodom and Egypt where also our Lord was crucified. Our Lord was crucified in Jerusalem. But the Spirit makes a direct connection to Egypt and we dealt with that in prior segments and it makes a direct connection with Sodom. I think it is interesting that Jesus would say when he did many miracles, he said, if Sodom and Gomorrah had seen the miracles that you've seen, uh, they would have repented long ago or that it would be more tolerable for Sodom and Gomorrah in the day of judgment than it would be for that apostate people in that city of Jerusalem that did not receive their Messiah. Uh, I, I also don't think it's an accident that he would say in Luke's uh, gospel and also in Matthew 24, remember Lot's wife. For the day that Lot went out of Sodom and Gomorrah, it rained fire and brimstone. Uh, so shall it be in the day of the coming of the Son of Man. And, and so, you know, one of the things that uh, we've probably shared, it doesn't hurt to reiterate a little bit, is that uh, cloud comings, him coming in clouds, would not have been an unusual uh, paradigm for the early um, Christians because every time that God would come in clouds, all through the Old Testament, he came on clouds. He made the wind uh, his chariot. Uh, he dwelled in the clouds. His chariots were in the clouds. And every time he would come, especially if you want to read Psalm 18, I believe it is, it gives you a lot of detail about God coming in the clouds in judgment upon a rebellious people. And so when you see that kind of a cloud coming, it's really dealing with uh, a judgment coming upon an apostate people. But in Luke's gospel, Matthew 24, he said that uh, the same day that Lot went out of Sodom and Gomorrah, it rained fire and brimstone and destroyed them all. And so will it be in the days of the coming of the Son of Man. And the reality of it is, is that in Jerusalem, in 70, well, right prior to 70 AD, uh, the Christians that knew the prophecy of Jesus when he said, when you see Jerusalem encompassed with armies, uh, you, it's time for you to flee. If you are in this city, to let him which is in Judea flee into the mountains. And, and if you're outside the city, don't come into the city. In other words, it's the same as Lot leaving Sodom and Gomorrah because just in a few short while, it rained fire and brimstone. Literally, the city of Jerusalem was burnt to the ground and the judgment that came upon that people was uh, uh, in fulfillment of what he declared in the Gospel of Luke. These be the days of vengeance that all things might be fulfilled. So when we come to this 17th and 18th chapter, there has not been a shift in who he's talking to. So I submit to you that there's going to be several things that I want to bring out about why I believe that this... Um, harlot in the book of Revelation chapter 17 and 18 is that apostate city of Jerusalem uh, and I'll give you several reasons why as we begin to unfold uh, this but uh, let me begin reading first of all in chapter 17 uh, of the book of Revelation and then we'll come back and, and put some meat on the bones if you will and kind of uh, uh, just uh, open this up. It says in verse 1 chapter 17, there came one of the seven angels which had the seven vows, and talked with me, saying unto me, Come up hither, and I will show thee the judgment of the great whore that sits upon many waters, with whom the kings of the earth have committed fornication, and the inhabitants of the earth have been made drunk with the wine of her fornication. 
So he carried me away in the spirit into the wilderness, and I saw a woman set upon a scarlet-colored beast, full of the names of blasphemy, having seven heads and ten horns. And the woman was arrayed in purple and scarlet color, and decked with gold and precious stones and pearls, having a golden cup in her hand full of abominations and the filthiness of her fornication. And upon her head, forehead was a name written, Mystery Babylon the Great, the mother of harlots, and the abominations of the earth. And I saw the woman drunk with the blood of the saints and with the blood of the martyrs of Jesus. And when I saw her, I wondered with great admiration. And the angel said unto me, Wherefore didst thou marvel? I will tell thee the mystery of the woman and of the beast that carrieth her, which hath the seven heads and ten horns. The beast that thou sawest was and is not shall ascend out of the bottomless pit and go into perdition. And they that dwell on the earth shall wonder whose names were not written in the book of life from the foundation of the world, when they beheld the beast that was and is not and yet is. And here's the mind which hath wisdom. The seven heads are seven mountains on which the woman sitteth, and there are seven kings. Five are fallen, and one is, and the other is not yet come, and when he cometh he must continue a short space. And the beast that was and is not, even he is the eighth and is of the seventh, and goeth into perdition. And the ten horns which thou sawest are ten kings, which have received no kingdom as yet, but receive power as kings, one hour with the beast. These have one mind, and shall give their power and strength unto the beast, and these shall make war with the Lamb, and the Lamb shall overcome them. For he is Lord of lords and King of kings, and they that are with him are called and chosen and faithful. And he saith unto me, The waters which thou sawest where the horse setteth are peoples and multitudes and nations and tongues. And the ten horns which thou sawest upon the beast, these shall hate the whore, shall make her desolate and naked, and shall eat her flesh, and burn her with fire. For God hath put in their hearts to fulfill his will, and to agree, and give their kingdom unto the beast, until the words of God should be fulfilled. And the woman which thou sawest is that great city which reigneth over the kings of the earth. Now I'm going to come back and, and, and make some comparisons here, first of all. Uh, and and uh, first of all, she's called a great harlot, or if you will, the great whore. Now, to me, uh, the scripture tells us uh, several places in the scripture. How has the faithful city become a harlot? Uh, God had, in, in other words, uh, this faithful city and the people uh, who uh, were, you know, this apostate people had so walked away in their uh, covenant with God that uh, he's now calling them several things in the scripture. Number one, he calls them Sodom and Egypt. He also calls them Great Babylon. He calls it a harlot in the book of Revelation. But I want to read this to you from Ezekiel uh, number 16 because it's very compelling, some of the stuff that's there. I'm not going to read every verse, but I'm going to highlight a few verses. But in Ezekiel chapter 16, verse 1 through 2, and said, And there is a word of Jehovah unto me, saying, Son of man, cause Jerusalem. So he's specifically pointing out Jerusalem here in Ezekiel. Cause Jerusalem to know her abominations, and thou hast said. And Ezekiel 16, the same chapter, on down to verse 7, it says, and, and comest thou in with an excellent adornment. Breasts have been formed, and thy hair hath grown, and thou naked and bare, and I pass over thee, and I see thee, and lo, thy time is the time of loves. Verse 15 says, And thou dost truly, or thou dost trust in thy beauty, and goest a whoring because of thy renown, and dost pour out thy whoredoms on every passerby. To him it is. And thou dost take of thy garments, and dost make thee 
and, and dost make to thee spotted high places, and dost go a whoring upon them. They are not coming in, nor shall it be. And thou dost take thy beauteous vessels of my gold, my silver that I gave thee, and dost make to thee images of a male, and dost go a whoring with them, and dost make the garments of thy embroidery, and thou dost cover them, and my oil and my perfume thou hast set before them. In other words, everything you see a great comparison with what he says in the book of Revelation to what he's saying in the book of Ezekiel when he calls Jerusalem the harlot city. I mean, even down to the fact that she's got uh, the vessels, the golden cups in her hand. In other words, she's taken the, the holy things of God and made them polluted and corrupted by her whoredoms because she has went after other gods and went whoring after them in idolatry. And so he's calling her a harlot here. In verse 20 he says, And thou dost take thy sons and thy daughters, whom thou hast borne to me, and dost sacrifice them uh, for food. Is it a little thing because of thy whoredoms? Verse 20 says. Verse 22, And with all thine abominations and all thy whoredoms, uh, in, in verse 25 it says, at, at every head of the way thou hast built thy high places. The high places and the groves where they built their uh, idolatrous worship shrines and burnt incense to other gods. And uh, they had so walked away from God that God was now calling them because they had so mingled themselves with the world and the things that was going on around them that they began to embrace their gods and walk away from the true and the living God. And thou dost make thy beauty abominable, and dost open wide thy feet to every passerby, and dost multiply thy whoredoms, and dost go a whoring unto the sons of Egypt, thy neighbors, uh, great of great, great appetite. Thou dost multiply thy whoredoms to provoke me to anger. And thou goest a whoring, verse 28 through 38, unto the sons of Asher, without thy being satisfied, and thou dost go a whoring with them, and also thou hast not been satisfied, and thou dost multiply thy whoredoms on the land of Canaan toward Chaldea. And even with this thou hast not been satisfied. How weak is thy heart and affirmation of the Lord Jehovah in thy doing all these, the work of thy domineering whorish woman, in thy building thine arch, of, of, uh, in, in thy building thine arch at the head of every way, thy high place thou hast made in every broad place, and hast not been as a whore deriding a gift. The wife who committeth adultery under her husband doth uh, receive strangers. To all whores they give a gift, and thou hast given thy gifts to all thy lovers, and dost bribe them to come in unto thee from round about in thy whoredoms. And the, and, and the contrary is in thee from women in thy whoredoms, that after thee none doth go whoring, and in thy giving a gift, and a gift hath not been given to thee, and thou art become contrary. Therefore, O whore, hear a word of Jehovah. Thus said the Lord Jehovah, because of thy brass being poured forth, and thy nakedness is revealed in thy whoredoms, near thy lovers, and near all the idols of thine abomination, and according to the blood of thy sons, whom thou hast given to them. Therefore, lo, I am assembling all thy lovers, to whom thou hast been sweet, and all whom thou hast loved, beside all whom thou hast hated, and I have assembled them by thee round about, and have revealed thy nakedness to them, and they have seen all thy nakedness, and I have judged thee judgments of an adulteress and of woman shedding blood, and have given thee blood, fury, and jealousy. As Ezekiel 16, 41 says, And burnt thy house with fire, 
and done in thee judgments before the eyes of many women, and I have caused thee to cease from a whoring, and also a gift thou givest no more. I mean, the, to me, the evidence is overwhelming that throughout the Scripture, see, uh, uh, in order to... Uh, uh, you know, in order to be a, a harlot, you have to have been in covenant relationship with somebody. So this is a harlot system who had been in covenant relationship with God, but they did not keep their side of the covenant bargain. Jeremiah 31 verse 32 says, Not according to the covenant that I made with their fathers in the day that I took them by the hand to bring them out of the land of Egypt, which my covenant that they break, even though, although... I was an husband to them, saith the Lord. So he was, God was their husband in the old covenant. But Jeremiah 31, 32, God said he was an husband to Israel. And Jeremiah 3, 8 through 14, and in Isaiah 50, verse 1, he says the same thing. God states that he was married to Israel, but he gave Israel a bill of divorcement because Israel committed adultery. This occurred in 721 B.C., uh, he gave them a writing of divorcement, uh, you know, because of their adulteries. And, uh, you know, Jesus said in, uh, uh, that, in, in, this is in Matthew 5, verse 31, Jesus said this, It hath been said, Whosoever shall put away his wife, let him give her a writing of divorcement. Deuteronomy 24, verse 1 says, But I say unto you that whosoever shall put away his wife, saving for the cause of fornication, causes her to commit adultery, and whoso shall marry her that is divorced, commits adultery. God said the only reason for divorcing your wife was on the ground of unfaithfulness. Also that a written notice of divorce must be given. Uh, God, would God not abide by his own laws prior to the destruction of Jerusalem in ADC? God served Israel her divorce papers and this allowed for a new bride. I, I think it's incredible that, uh, you know, uh, that, that, that God gave to Israel a writing of divorcement. In other words, that covenant is no longer valid because they broke their side of the covenant agreement and their side of the covenant bargain. I believe that when Stephen uh, is giving his testimony in the book of Acts, it is the final, uh, if you will, testimony in the covenant court case where he said, you by wicked hands have crucified and killed the king of glory. And, uh, uh, you know, uh, in other words, in her also was found the blood of all the martyrs. We'll get to that in just a moment. Uh, but uh, she had so walked away from God that God would give her a writing of divorcement. But I saw this too also uh, in Jeremiah chapter 3, which I thought was very interesting. I, I want to put this out there for your consideration. It says, they say, this is Jeremiah 3 verse 1, they say, if a man put away his wife and she go from him and becomes another man's, Shall he return to her again? Shall not the land be greatly polluted? But thou hast played the harlot with many lovers, yet return again to me, saith the Lord. I saw this in the book of Jeremiah. I, I thought, you know, there's a lot of people that really embrace the fact that God has given uh, natural Israel a bill of divorcement. I think that probably is agreed upon in most circles. But most of them think that, that the church is only a parentheses, or if you will, a, uh, 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 a second choice. It's if, it's if, it's, it is as if God would say, uh, you know, I really loved Israel, but she turned her back on me and she played the harlot, so I remarried 
a Gentile bride, but as soon as Israel comes back to me, I'm going to go back to Israel. I, 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 I differ with that. First of all, because one of the things that Jeremiah says is that if you go back to a woman that you were married to before, then uh, it's an abomination and it turns the, the land would become greatly polluted. See, I believe that this new covenant is our marriage certificate. It is interesting to me that upon the heels of this harlot being judged, he removes one city and gives birth to another city. And if this city in uh, Revelation chapter 17 is a harlot city, which is a people, then uh, the new city, the bride of Christ, is a people. And uh, what I, you know, in other words, it's a tale of two cities. One is being judged, one is an abomination, and the other is, uh, is a, the bride, the pure bride, the pure people of God. You know, one of the things that I've seen also as well, you know, even when it comes to who is the real seed of Abraham, the scripture tells us that even clear back to the promise that God made to the Abraham, that it was the seed that God gave the promise to was the seed that came through faith. By faith, God made that faithful promise to Abraham and to his seed by faith. So the covenant people of God was not necessarily the natural genealogy. It was the covenant of faith. So when we come over into the book of Galatians, it goes on to say that, uh, that it was not given to seeds as of many, but to one seed and to thy seed, which is Christ. Uh, and so the, the seed came by supernatural birth, and we'll probably get to deal with that a little bit greater in detail when we get over into uh, the book of Revelation. Well, I want to talk about the contrast between the two cities in the book of Galatians. But I also wanted to get something uh, for you as well uh, to, to just compare. Uh, there, there are several things that let me see that this woman is apostate Israel. The angel said in verse uh, chapter 17 of the book of Revelation that I'm going to tell you the mystery of the great whore or the great woman, the woman upon who sets on many waters. And if we investigate the internal clues, here's what we should find. The woman is called Sodom in Egypt and Babylon in the book of Revelation. You see that in chapter 11 of the book of Revelation. You see that in chapter 17 of the book of Revelation. You see the same woman in chapter 14 verse 8 of the book of Revelation, and so she's called by those names. The woman is located where Jesus was crucified. That's Revelation 11, verse 8. That has to be Jerusalem. The woman's dwelling place becomes a river of blood. In Revelation 14, verse 2, there's blood poured out and the judgments come. That happened in Jerusalem. The woman is split into three divisions. In Revelation chapter 16, verse 19, and the woman sits on many waters, and these waters are diverse peoples. Uh, the, that's the city of Jerusalem. The woman has fornicated with the heathen world against God. Revelation 17, verse 2, Revelation 18, verse 3, Revelation 18, verse 9. The woman is carried on a scarlet-collared beast. Now, we've already taught that the scarlet-collared beast is Rome and that, uh, the, that, that together Jerusalem and, if you will, the apostate Jews have so intertwined themselves with the Romans and the Roman Empire that their power was together and she rode on the back of this Roman scarlet-collared beast. Interestingly enough, the robes of the Romans were scarlet and even the beard of Nero was a red beard that he wore, so she rode on a scarlet-collared beast. The woman is the mother of all harlots and abominable atrocities. 
Uh, I'm not saying that there's not harlot systems uh, throughout history, whether it's religious harlotry that you still see in the church or not, but the mother of harlots is pointing back to the fulfillment of this ancient city in the first century, which was natural Jerusalem. The woman is drunk on the blood of the Old Testament and New Testament saints in there. Uh, that's in fulfillment of what Jesus said in Matthew 23, Woe to the scribes Pharisees, because you build the tombs of the prophets and garnish the sepulchres of the righteous. And you say, if, if, if we had been in the days of our fathers, we would not have been partakers with them in the blood of the prophets. Wherefore you witness unto yourselves that you are the children of them which killed the prophets. Fill up then the measure of your fathers. You serpents, you generation of vipers, how can you escape the damnation of hell? Wherefore... Uh, behold, I send in you prophets and wise men and scribes. Some of them you will kill and crucify. Some of them shall you scourge in your synagogues, but persecute them from city to city, that upon you may come the blood of all the righteous blood shed upon the earth from the blood of righteous Abel under the blood of Zacharias, son of Berechias, whom you slew between the temple and the altar. Verily I say unto you, all these things will come upon this generation. He was talking about natural Jerusalem. Uh, the woman has a cup full of iniquities. That's the abominations. The woman is doubly judged. The woman considers herself a queen, but she's not a widow. She refuses to reckon the death of her first husband. Uh, she considers herself still married. Uh, the woman was rich and mourned and judged. She had merchandise with the souls of men. The woman is pronounced as being desolate. The woman's sound of joy is taken away. The woman's position of creativity is taken away. The woman's authority as someone equipped to judge is removed. Uh, the woman's bridegroom has divorced her, Revelation 18:23. The woman's engagement marriage has been annulled. Uh, the woman is called that great city. We're about to run out of time, but I think you can pretty well see that the compelling evidence here to me in the book of Revelation is that this harlot is none other than the apostate Israel. It is the city of Jerusalem upon whom now all the abominations and the judgments have come. They have filled up then the measure of their iniquities and their abominations, and God was about to give them blood to drink in response to keeping his end of the covenant bargain. The great harlot, all we've established in this segment is the great harlot was that great city Jerusalem and the covenant people whom God had divorced. I, 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 we've run out of time. Take a moment to call that number on the screen and if you can help us uh, sow a seed into the ministry to help us to take the gospel of the kingdom and the gospel of His grace around the world. It is you are faithful partners that enable us to do that. Without you it is impossible. Please don't sit on the sideline and wait on somebody else to do it. Obey God today. Call that number on the screen. Become a partner with us or sow a one-time seed, and we appreciate it very much. Thank you. God bless you. For anyone struggling to understand John's writings in Revelation, this book provides true, biblically-based answers. Through detailed insights into the letters John wrote to the seven churches of his day, you will learn how to avoid the mistakes of the early church to overcome today's trials and tribulations. This book will provoke you to thought and dialogue, bringing greater clarity and revelation of Jesus Christ.